Hey guys, and welcome back to the Girl on Fire podcast. My name is Tanya Minocha, and alongside me, we have Rachel Georgian. We are the founders of Youth Executive Leadership Program, or Yelp, and we are extremely excited to interview Anika Mystery, the founder and developer of a virtual reality aid. We're going to be asking her some questions on her work in this developmental process. So we hope you all enjoy, and let's get started. So today we will be interviewing Anika Mystery. Anika has developed a virtual reality aid to teach individuals with developmental disabilities social-emotional skills. Through this experience, she has realized the inequalities that these individuals face that aren't commonly discussed and has become an advocate for this group. We are super excited to have her on the podcast today, and we can't wait for you all to hear about the amazing work that she has done. So without further ado, let's get started. Hey, Anika, how are you? I'm good. How are you? We're good. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. We are super excited to have you on. So um, we're just going to dive right in with the questions. Um, The first one being explain your background and more just on your project that you kind of developed. So first off, like Tanya mentioned, my name is Anika and I am a high school senior from California. And for the past three years, I've been conducting research at a local university in the computational media department, where I've been creating a virtual reality aid to assist individuals with developmental disabilities. My aid is officially called a 360-degree video-based virtual reality aid to teach individuals with developmental disabilities, and the 360-degree video-based interface means that a user views a real-life setting or videos when they're wearing the headset instead of animations, which is commonly used in VR. So after I completed my version of the aid that was approved by behavioral specialists and users, I moved towards advocating for my cause and launching my venture. So my first step was surprisingly competing in science fairs. This past year, I competed in the International Science Fair Circuit, also known as ICEF, and the North American Science Fair, also known as the INSPO Science Fair. And through this, even though it was a science competition, It was my first experience in advocating for individuals with developmental disabilities. For example, when I talked about my project to judges and other competitors, I realized that many individuals do not know specifically what resources can help individuals with developmental disabilities. So that is how I decided to launch my venture and DevMindVR became. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So what prompted you to develop your virtual reality aid? Yes, I got inspired to develop my virtual reality aid to help individuals with developmental disabilities because I saw the struggles that these individuals face through a friend who had high-functioning autism. I go to a small, low-funded school, so our school cannot always provide the resources for these individuals, which required them to seek assistance outside of school. But this was hard to do because the most common and effective intervention methods are in-person interventions, but these are just not accessible because of the price, location, and demographic. So for example, for the price, in-person intervention methods can cost an upwards of $47,000 annually, which is just not affordable for many families. And then for the location, behavioral specialists who administer the in-person intervention methods are mostly located in urban settings. And finally, 
behavioral specialists who cater towards the younger individuals with developmental disabilities mainly cater towards younger students. So it makes it harder for teens and adults to find resources. So after seeing all this through my friend, I realized that it is crucial to provide resources because otherwise they are not immune to the dangers and the social consequences. So I started looking into alternatives, but came to realize there wasn't one that was both effective and affordable. So I decided to reach out to a local university that has a lab that worked with creating aids for individuals with developmental disabilities. And together we started creating a solution using virtual reality. And then after realizing that individuals with developmental disabilities are not always able to get the resources they need, I looked into other current alternatives um, with VR and technology. So after looking into more of the technological solutions, I found that this is the most common alternative, but there still wasn't a current technological solution that was both effective and accessible like the other methods. So I decided to look into why this was, and I came to realize that this is mainly because technology does not have a high enough immersion level to simulate a face-to-face -face interaction. Basically, this means that the user does not feel like they're actually in the game and therefore cannot apply the game to their real life. So the current other alternatives are mobile and desktop games um, because these are super cheap because most families have a phone or a computer that they can just simply use and they are fun because they are games. But the problem is the user just does not feel like they can apply the skills to their real life. So it makes it harder for them to learn. The other forms of virtual reality that do use expensive functions like virtual reality or augmented reality are extremely expensive, even though they cost less than in-person treatments. Um, one effective method of technology, but an expensive solution was a virtual reality room, which was built in a special education school in Wales. But again, this was not feasible for many families. So then after analyzing all the current solutions and their effectiveness, I decided to turn to virtual reality headsets because they are much cheaper than a full virtual reality room and in-person treatments were, having, were not having high enough immersion levels. Wow, that is um, so cool. <laughs> what have been the most important skills that you have learned through the process of developing this project? I definitely think the most important skill that I've learned throughout this process was learning how to take risks because before I launched my venture, DevMind VR, I was insecure about my work and what I was doing because I was afraid that I would fail. And if I told people about it, then they would kind of be mean to me about failing. So I kept all of this to myself. And finally, I told a teacher um, who encouraged me to take my first risk, which was competing in the science fair circuit. Um, this was a risk for me because I had never competed in a science fair before. This year, aside from the mandatory ones you do in middle school and elementary school. And I knew that I was competing against people who have been competing in science fairs since first grade. So it was extremely daunting, but I still pushed through and I took that risk. And that first risk was what allowed me to find out how to leverage my research and actually make a social impact. Another important thing to remember when you're trying to be a social entrepreneur is to not be afraid to network. I come from a very small town where there aren't a lot of resources for students who want to compete in science fairs or complete science research or start a company. 
So I had to learn how to be resourceful. The main way I started with being resourceful was through internet searches and reading articles and watching documentaries. But I realized there are much more personal ways to get the help that you need. And I realized this was by reaching out to people who have accomplished the same thing that you're trying to accomplish. And I think it's important to realize that everyone wants to help another person and there's really no harm in networking. And that is one of the risks you should be willing to take with being a social entrepreneur. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you mentioned a lot of skills that you've learned, but do you believe that there is one specific certain skill that all social, that all social entrepreneurs need to possess? If so, what would it be? I think that every social entrepreneur has to be passionate to fight for their cause, no matter what their cause is, because there will be challenges, there will be roadblocks, and there'll be people telling you just can't do this, or you will be encountering a technical problem. And if you are truly passionate about what you're doing, then resilience follows and you will push through because you feel like you have a purpose and an obligation to help the cause that you are fighting towards especially for high school students. We are so busy with academics and social stress that it can be overwhelming to run a business and be a teenager. And if you aren't truly passionate about what you're doing, it's gonna be hard to wanna to continue. And another thing that accompanies all of this is becoming a social entrepreneur for the right reasons. Many of the most successful high school social entrepreneurs out there started with the intention of others. Their intention wasn't to run a business or have the title of being a CEO or an entrepreneur in the beginning. All of that was just something that followed because they were really wanting to make a change. And I think in order for you to succeed, you have to be committed and be passionate. And it is so hard to be committed and passionate to something you just truly don't believe in. So my suggestion would be to really find something that you believe in and want to change in the world and continue with that. Awesome. So if you were talking to someone that didn't really know if they wanted to get in involved in social entrepreneurship, what advice would you give them? And specifically, maybe getting involved in a subject that is still very unknown to the general public. So my advice for starting out and being a social entrepreneur is to pay attention to the world around you. Like look at societal issues that are present in the world and see which ones you are naturally drawn to. Again, don't force yourself to be passionate about a cause that you just aren't passionate about because in the end, it'll be so much harder to make an impact with a cause that you don't care about. If you truly care about something, everything will just come naturally. And obviously there'll be roadblocks, but you will truly believe that you can do it. And then after finding your societal issue, I suggest that you look into the current solutions and where they go wrong. For example, I would start by doing a simple Google search, um, but then once you're well-versed in the field, don't be afraid to reach out. For example, if you are looking at academic journals, email one of the authors of the paper. If you are looking at other nonprofits and businesses and companies, reach out to one of the founders or the CEOs. And then while you are reaching out, I think it is so important to make sure that you are known in the community or the field you want to make an impact in through social media, especially on Instagram or LinkedIn. Try to be present on those, both those in social media networks so you can be an advocate in the field starting from there. And then someone is much more likely to respond to you if they see that you have mutual connections in the field or have been making 
progress towards helping find a solution for the field. And then my next suggestion for reaching out is when you reach out, make sure to show that you are aware of what's going on with your topic and show that you've looked into the person who you're talking to's work. This is because people want to help individuals who have put in the work already and will take their advice that they give you and implement it to make a change. From there, I would say that it would be important to either gain more experience in the field, then this could be through asking for an internship or you could just jump all in and create your venture independently. And then from there, I think it is important to try to find places where you can share your voice and advocate for your cause because I believe that advocacy is additionally as important as the creation of a business or a solution in social entrepreneurship. I think that it is important for us to take the next step and really make sure that our voice and the people who we are advocating for are heard. Absolutely, absolutely. So my last question that I have for you is, what do you want our listeners to take away from this episode of the podcast? I think this ties back into taking risks, but don't be afraid to take risks and don't be afraid to ask for help because you never know until you try and you don't have to do everything by yourself. If I didn't take a risk by reaching out to a local university and asking for help and then competing in the science there and then reaching out to other companies and nonprofits to help me start my venture, I wouldn't have been creating my VR aid. I w- DevMind VR wouldn't be a thing. And then a lot of individuals with developmental disabilities would not be able to get the resources they need. I think that you may think that you know everything or there is only one solution that can be done and you don't have that solution, but we are a lot more powerful than we think we are. And if we continue just working super hard and fighting for what we believe in, there is always a better solution and there's always a way to change the world. And by taking a risk, I have now created a solution to a problem that over 200 million people in the world face. And I believe that you can do so too. So that is our last question for this podcast. Thank you so much, Anika, for coming on to this podcast today. It was truly so inspiring for us to hear your story. And I know that it will most definitely inspire others who are listening in. Yeah, and thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode of the Girl on Fire podcast. Be sure to check out our website at www.youthexecutivelead.org or follow us on Instagram at youthexecutiveleadership. And definitely check out Anika on Instagram at anikamystery1. We will be releasing our next podcast in the next couple of weeks, so we hope you all will listen in on that one. Thank you so much. Bye.